Hello, and welcome to Heroes of Hell's Kitchen. I'm Marley, and I'm from Age of Geek Media. And it's me, it's Luke, the podcaster out here from the Nerd Dome podcast. We're, we're on the last, the last episode, our episode of season one. I'm excited. Yes, yes we finally reached the fina- finale. Um, some really good stuff here. I This is like, this is when we finally like get daredevil right like Mm -hmm. this is this is the moment this is what we've all been waiting for these last two episodes and i am very excited to to talk about it Mm -hmm. um before we start though make sure you are following us on instagram we're at heroes of underscore hell's kitchen Mm -hmm. Uh, really only on instagram so yeah you know doesn't everyone still have mm-hmm. instagram come on you yeah guys. yeah it's almost universal right yeah come come give us a follow send us a dm comment on our posts you know whatever just you mm-hmm. know we're friendly come say hey let us know what you think about <laughs> uh daredevil and and how our episodes are going and you know just mm-hmm. just come say hey yeah <laughs> yeah okay so let's get into episode 12 this one is called the ones we leave behind so first up in this episode, we are um, we are with Karen, and she is down by the river, which not in a van down by the river, just <laughs> just down by the river. I like thought of that as I was saying it, and I'm like, that's eh, fine. We'll just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> She's not living in it either. <laughs> no, she is trying to get rid of the gun that she used to kill Wesley in the previous episode. Which was smart. This is this is a this is a smart place smart to get rid of a gun. Not <laughs> not that I would know or have need of you know such yeah. things in my life. But, <laughs> but Marley just Karen, tossing pieces in the river. <laughs> but, I mean, you know what? I listen to I listen to a way too much true crime podcasts. Okay, <laughs> that is my go to genre. Oh, it's man. just what it is. And you know what? She's you like fool. It. She should have smelted that thing down. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, mm. it's fine. She she did good though by wiping her fingerprints and mm. you know trying to show that she was never there in that room where she killed Wesley. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> Then she rushes home and she goes straight for a bottle mm-hmm. of liquor. She is not doing so good. She collapses on the floor and she just, you know, is really, really emotional. And she tries to take a shower or she takes a, a shower and she's trying to just scrub herself clean after everything mm-hmm. that happened. And um, when she steps out, we see that she brought the bottle with her. So mm-hmm. she she's doing some cleansing in, in multiple ways. Right, right, right. <laughs> And then she tries to go to sleep and get some rest, but we see that she's haunted um, in a dream where she's visited by Wilson Fisk. And in it, he appears to, you know, he reminds her of how difficult it is to take a life. But then he adds, but it gets easier the mm-hmm. more you do it, mm-hmm. which then just like catapults Karen out of her dream and she wakes up gasping for air, which before you realize that it's a dream, it, it feels, I mean, obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. the actor, like he was, you know, in there, but like it, like it felt like it it could have been real. He Mm -hmm. could have figured it out and, and gone to Karen's apartment 
mm-hmm. confronted her. Like it, that was a very realistic thing mm-hmm. that could have happened. Yeah. But then, you know, we realized it was all a dream and we're like, oh, okay, Whew, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that was a turn. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And it seems like she is not, she is not going to get any more sleep. So she decides to go to the office and we can tell because it's still dark outside. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, she's very rattled and she's, she's staring out the window She's very lost in thought and Foggy steps out of his office and startles her (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he can tell that she's been drinking. He, I think he says, whoa, you smell like a distillery or something Mm -hmm. like that. (laughs) He's like, how did you scare me? He's like, I'm sorry that you didn't notice me in my office. Yeah. Um, Like I, I'm here. Like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're the you're the one who went straight to the window and looked out at melancholy mm-hmm. melancholily. <laughs> so then um you know he uh foggy he apologizes for how like everything that's happening between him and Matt and how it's affecting her and you mm-hmm. know he jokes about how him and Karen like they should they should probably We give should up stop drinking. drinking. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not been it's not been good on their nope. um, on nope. themselves lately. And you know, he he was at the office because he wanted to pick up some things, but he's still being very tight-lipped about what lies ahead for Nelson mm. and Murdoch and he leaves her there. Um well, before that, though, he, you know, he's he's still determined to keep digging into the Fisk situation. And Karen, um, he asks Karen for the file that they got from the man in the mask. And, you know, this obviously, like, leads the conversation kind of in a new direction. And Karen, she asks Foggy, you know, so do you still mm-hmm. think that the man in the mask is a terrorist? And he's like, no. I don't think so. <laughs> you know. Right. And and again like those of us who know like we know what Foggy's been up to lately mm-hmm. and like Karen um you know he Foggy has had time to wrap his head around everything he's learned about Matt. So it sounds like he's you know it it, it seems like at this point we're kind of even though the right. future still seems uncertain we're at least kind of like kind of coming up for air a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of seeming a little maybe brighter on the other mm-hmm. side. So then, um, yeah, so he leaves and then, um, but right before he does, Matt shows up mm-hmm. and they both stop and they don't say anything to each other. And it's very awkward mm-hmm. and foggy leaves. And then Matt, he, you know, he closes the door, um, behind him and Karen, you know, she comments on the obvious, uh, tension between them mm-hmm. and so then matt you know he's like well karen what are you what are you even doing here so late and she's like well i couldn't sleep and he's like yeah there's there's a lot of that going around you know because we know that he's also having a hard time with things right so then right. um karen brings matt a, a cup of coffee and tells him that foggy is um you know he's hurting because he blames himself for elena and Matt, you know, he says, well, you know, he really shouldn't. But then Karen points out, um, you know what? You you should tell Foggy that then. You know, it's it's a, and he's like, well, it's Foggy's choice that we're not speaking. And Karen's just kind of like, well, it's only Foggy's choice if you let it be. You know, she's just very right, like right, quick yep. to like, uh, you know what? <laughs> you can do something about this, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<clears throat> so then when Karen, um, she tells them, tells him like, you know what, maybe coming to work for you guys may have been a mistake. And, um, she doesn't want to leave. Right. You know, she says Mott, Matt and Mott, Mott and, and Mott. <laughs> Mott and Foggy are the only good things in her life. But like Matt also picks up on the fact that there may be something Karen's not telling him. This is kind of that moment where he's, you know, using his enhanced abilities to kind of pick up on something. Mm hmm. Meanwhile, Fisk is waiting at the hospital and he's checking his phone. He's obviously very worried about Wesley and Vanessa wakes up. And so at least he has, you know, that going for him. Mm -hmm. and, and he tells her what happened at the benefit and that he's making arrangements for her to be taken out of the country. And she's like, uh, I'm not leaving without you. And mm -hmm. he's just like, okay, well, you know what? Like he, he's obviously like not, committing to that mm -hmm. but he's mm -hmm. just kind of like no i'm getting you out of here and i'm staying right, here right. to take care of business mm -hmm. and you know this whole conversation like it really just shows how much um like they're they've they've got a relationship now mm -hmm. like it it's it's kind of crazy to me how it seems like such a short amount of time that right right, right. Have been seeing each other and it's gone from like zero to a hundred like so fast mm-hmm and completely healthy yeah yeah completely <laughs> and vanessa like she's clearly she's clearly willing to commit to wilson like she is going full team wilson at this point mm -hmm. and she's also like willing to accept you know his lifestyle and like what he does but then the two are interrupted by a knock at the door and in the hallway francis tells fisk that wesley's been found Dun dun dun. <laughs> Whenever we have like those like scene transitions like that, that's like always what I think in my head. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, that and he says, I think he says, well, well, where is he? It's like, um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's kind of like a come with me and let's go mm. find out together. So then right. um, Fisk's, Fisk arrives on the scene and you can see Wesley's body still um, sitting there slumped in the chair and there's just blood all over his chest. Mm -hmm. And then Owsley shows up. Oh, because Owsley. of course he does. Yes. And Owsley he's like, there. yeah. And he, he turns to Francis again, bodyguard number one. And asks, like, what happened? And, you know, we learned that Francis let Wesley leave the hospital alone. And he also... Um, <laughs> then, like, Fisk also, like, we learn, you know... He he uh, he doesn't have very great anger management skills. And he mm -hmm. just starts wailing on Francis. Right. Poor, right. poor Francis. And this is when Owlsley drops a... Drops a, his one bit of, uh, um, like, good knowledge. He goes, stop it, man. He was just following orders. Some people would call that loyalty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's and that's what gets Fisk to stop um, punching him. Yeah, and then he's like, clean him up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, this is the moment where Lee... Uh, yeah, Owsley is like, dude, chill to Fisk. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
he he gets to play that part. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we we you know Owsley's you know he starts speculating on like who's behind this and um, Wesley's murder and like Fisk just goes and sits down next to his friend. And he just like holds his hand and starts like kind of touching him very lovingly, kisses him on the forehead, kind of, you know, you know, kind of brushes his forehead. And, you know, he's just you can tell he's just really yeah, he's saying goodbye. Yep. He, yeah, he's yep. he's he's mourning the, the loss of his friend. Mm-hmm. And then we see, um, you know, Fisk, he he pulls Wesley's phone out of his pocket, mm-hmm. which how did it? Oh, did, Karen must have put it back in his pocket. Either that, I thought that he what like he pulled it out and looked at it, oh. and then as he was talking to her about, you know, like I wouldn't leave that, and then he puts, and then he like starts to put himself together when he gets up right before he got shot. So I was That's pretty sure right. he just put he it just back put it, in his pocket. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, those are like details that you mm-hmm. don't always think of in the moment. Um, right. So I'm just curious about that. But anyways, yeah, he, he pulls out his phone and sees that the last call was made to Marlene Vistane, Fisk's mom. Mm. And, um, then the scene switches over to Ben and he's about to get into his car when he's joined by the man in the mask and mm-hmm. Matt wants information and gives Ben a little, he like shows him like this little packet of heroin that he got off the man who killed um, Elena and Ben. He's like, well, that's um, that's called the, the steel serpent. And it's, it's yeah, it's, it's on the streets. It's all over. Yeah, it's like super heroin. Mm-hmm. And Matt, you know, he suspects that Fisk may, um, you know, he's, he's probably going to look to pick up that distribution now that the Russians are gone. And Matt asks Ben about the man at the top of the Chinese operation, but he learns that there is no man but an unnamed woman. Well, we know who that is. Yep. <laughs> and Matt mentions the, you know, the blind man with a backpack in the back of the Russian's car, and you know, just in case there might be a connection. And Ben says he's like, "Well, I've I've seen them around." Um, you know, it, it would make sense since no one would look at a blind man twice. <laughs> yeah, which Matt's go, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then Ben gives Matt an address where he's seen them, though only ever during the day. So Matt, <laughs> you know, in other words, you know, maybe don't dress don't wear your like costume you are right, right now. <laughs> and so he's, you know, he promises to dress down. <laughs> yeah. Then um, we see Foggy. Um, he's actually with Marcy at Josie's bar, and Fog- and she's very like. <laughs> this is just again like classic Marcy. Mm-hmm. She's just she doesn't she call it like a um, a petri dish. She yeah, doesn't want to yeah. be in this like petri and dish of a bar. She, yeah, she says the hog behind the counter wouldn't make me a vodka martini, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> Marcy. And she just sniffs it. And she's uh, like, "Oh, it's just vodka." <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's when she's like, "Hey," he's like, "I'll go get you a vodka martini." And she's like, "No, no, just hurry up. I want to be out of this petri dish as fast as possible." <laughs> Marcy is just she. She's bougie, you know. She mm-hmm. just she likes she likes a certain mm-hmm. you know level of 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 comforts, right? <laughs> right, right. And Josie's is apparently not her her scene, and, and right, that, you know, that's okay, Marcy. Um, right. So then, you know, Foggy tells Marcy, you know, I really need your help. And, and, you know, she actually admits, well, I was actually hoping this was a booty call. Right. So again, like this is kind of a, 
I feel like that's a good moment for Marcy and for like really for Foggy because it just kind of shows us the audience that like it's not just Foggy like it it is mm-hmm. Marcy that like she right she likes Foggy it, mm-hmm. it goes both ways right you know it's not right. just uh uh-huh. Foggy always chasing her mm-hmm. which is sometimes a trope in these right. kinds yep. of things yep. where very beautiful girl and kind of dorky guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we all know Foggy's the best, so it makes sense. He's a stud. <laughs> so then Foggy tells her about the connection um, that he su- he suspects between Fisk and Elena's murder and talks about everything else that's going on. And like Marcy, she's like, you know what? I really like legally, I cannot talk about this because mm-hmm. our firm represents Fisk. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's know. yeah. And I, I, I love this. I love this part too because he says, um, he says, you know, have you not felt something not right happening at Lambin's Act that makes you like think maybe I shouldn't do this? And that's when she's like, ah, no. And then mm-hmm. she's like, well, maybe. And then he, and then he plays it. He plays it the way that he knows she will react to it by saying, "Hey, listen, all of this is true. You know, all of this is true. Yeah. So t- check it out. Just, just read it. Yeah." And so she, she then ultimately agrees to look at the documents that that Foggy brought. <clears throat> so then um Karen she tracks down Ben and again is just pressuring him to get that story out there. She says that she thinks they know that the two of them um like they know that they went to go see Fisk's mother. Mm-hmm. And Ben lets her into his apartment and says that, "Well, I have been looking for a second source for the piece." And there's actually a guy who used to know Rigoletto at the time of the death of Fisk's dad that he's just like, he's waiting to hear back from, you know, we, we would know that this source, you know, like it's, it's, um, way back from like episode three. Yeah. The dude who said he was going to Florida. Exactly. But Karen, again, she's impatient. She's anxious to get the story out there. She's not satisfied with Ben's approach at all. Yeah, I also like that them them alluding to him because there was the one thing that the mobster said to um, Ben that he said he really appreciated that he kept the family out of the headlines. Mm-hmm. That he kept the family away from everything, which we'll see later on. Yes. Is a thing. Definitely. So then Ben suggests, you know what? Maybe you should do this yourself. And Karen's, you know, she's got a, she has kind of a shady and dark past and it's kind of alluded to again. She thinks no one would believe her if they found out like the same things that Ben did, you know, especially like given Ben's, um, you know, he, he's, he's already like, he's got experience, you know, he's got that, that rapport already. And so she, you know, she doubts herself. But then at this point, um, Ben promises he'll write it up and give it to his editor the next day. So then back at Josie's, um, you know, again, like Marcy, like her interest is definitely piqued by what Foggy's given her to look at. And Foggy's like, well, um, you know, they, they turned up some of it, you know, while they were working on the tenement case and that the rest of it came from 
the devil of hell's kitchen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when Foggy pressures her about whether like, Oh yeah, that's kind of that, yeah. that moment where mm-hmm. you like, does anything feel off about Fisk? Right. And then, yeah, just kind of, he encourages her, you know, like, let's, why don't you like, this is your chance to get your soul back. <laughs> well, yeah, that. And also he says, he says like, Hey, listen, this is your, he kind of plays to the career vanity because she talks about, you know, get, getting disbarred. He says, you know, Think about um, like you being able to get out in front of this before anything happens. You know, yeah. yeah. This is this is your chance. Yeah. Also, not only doing the right thing, but also getting out in front of all of this. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we switch um, over back to Matt, and he's trying to do some detective work. He's he's back in his civilian garb. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. You know, and he's he's kind of just standing on the sidewalk. He's doing he's listening for the tap of a white cane. You know, he's he it's obviously a sound that he's familiar mm-hmm. with. So he's trying to pick it apart in a crowd and it doesn't take long um, before his ears pick up that telltale sound. Yep. And um, he follows a woman that's kind of walking past him down the street and she gets into a car and it's playing classical music. And so Matt ducks into an alley tosses the cane yet again again like i don't need this goodbye again (laughs) how many canes does he go through Uh, it's uh, that that's yeah you know there's someone out there that's (laughs) counting like hmm but yeah no he just yeets his canes um but i did like this scene because we Mm -hmm. did get to see a little bit of the uh because one thing that i will say about the daredevil stuff is they don't really show the acrobatic stuff that daredevil in the comics is known for he does a lot of diving off of buildings head first and grabbing onto things and flipping around and that's how he does that's how he fights these big strong guys he doesn't stand there and punch them in the face over and over and over again he dodges (laughs) he moves like like that's kind of his thing like he's a uses his environment around him if 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 anything, he would be like like a, a monk in D and D. He's like a dodge tank. Like no one ever hits him. He doesn't have a lot of health, but he just dodges everything and then he punches. Um, so in this scene, when you get to see him parkour across these building tops, I was like, that's about as close as you get <laughs> to him to him doing that in in the in the series i mean they do it a little bit more like in his uh, appearances in she hulk they show him way more acrobatic than he ever was in that's true where he's die he just dives off the side of a parking garage and he just just like grab right here flip right here (laughs) land on his feet roll and he's good to go and you just don't get that in in the netflix stuff yeah seriously i mean we'll see it in some of the the next episode like at the very very end but Mm -hmm which I have comments on, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, this, this is a, this is a definitely a, a cool scene to see him um, parkour across the rooftops mm-hmm. as he's following this car. And then the car reaches its destination and there's um, the people get out with the blind woman and he hears, um, you know, this, this, n- this very distinct knock on the door 
and you know it's it's obvious like a it's a secret knock right mm-hmm. and so now matt you know he he now knows all he needs to and so mm-hmm. we see him smile <laughs> mm-hmm. he's like i got them <laughs> so then we um we get a brief we we switch over to ben um popping into his office before cutting to um fisk uh who has sent for his mother and they're riding in fisk fisk's car together and we learn that he has made arrangements to get her out of the country as well. Mm-hmm. And like, well, she Marlene, complains. Yeah, she yeah, complains, she's complains like, about. I don't want to leave. Like, I, I was. <laughs> what am I going to watch on TV? <laughs> yeah, and she was even saying, "I don't speak Italian." <laughs> yeah, and her, uh, her, her nurse or, or like whoever the attendant would always give her um, mm-hmm. Zupa. Yeah. And she's like, yep. well, who's going to get, like, they gave me Zupa every single night. And he's like, I'm taking you to Italy. You can have the, as much the, Zupa as you want. Give you real Zupa there. <laughs> yep. Which, what is Zupa? Is that like a pastry or something? I'm not, I'm not sure, actually. I mean, I know, like, there's, like, soups that are called, like, Zupa Toscana. Like, you know, like the Olive Garden one. But, like, what is Zupa? We're going we're gonna to Google this. Yeah, it's uh no soup that's Zupa Toscana. Yeah, um, like all I can find is like Zupa or Zupa mm-hmm, Toscana. Mm-hmm. And it's like a soup. So maybe she has soup every night night. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Bread. It's maybe it's the bread and bread soup. I don't know. Yeah, it's like a soup or like a chowder. That's like all I'm finding. So yeah. I don't know. Anyways. If you know, let us know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Google is not telling us what we want uh-huh. to know. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now I'm craving soup. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so she, you know, he's talking to her and like um, he's trying to um, ask her about like, hey, Wesley called you the other night. What did you talk about? And as we've already seen with her, she... um she also has um, some short-term memory loss mm-hmm. and um, with her, it may be dementia or Alzheimer's, you know, one of those. And, um, and again, like Fisk is trying to like, Hey, Wesley called you. Like you remember mm-hmm. Wesley, right? And she just seems to have forgotten their conversation. And it appears that Karen's secret is safe for now. Yep. He's not getting anything more out of her. Mm hmm. So then um, Karen, she gets a phone call from Ben and learns that he hasn't been able to check with his editor about this article because um, he's not been in the office. Like he's just mm-hmm. been gone. And and the next person to call Karen is Matt, who says he's like, hey, I'm going to need to take the day, um, mm-hmm. you know, which while he's on the phone, we see that he's tending to his wounds. And, you know, cause they're, we, we, we can't forget, like he is still fresh mm-hmm. off of this crazy fight with Nobu. Mm-hmm. And here we see him parkouring off of rooftops. Hmm. Right. Right. I wonder how many stitches got ripped open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he, you know, he tells her that he's working on something and, you know, he's like, Hey, I promise everything's going to work out. Tries mm-hmm. to reassure her a little bit that like, Hey, I'm taking the day, but like, don't worry you know like mm-hmm. it's not this is not the end right mm-hmm. so then finally ben's boss shows up at the office and he is just he's not impressed with the story that that ben um put together and um ben tries to you know f- uh uh 
argue about it and be like, hey, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I really want to do this. And then he actually gets himself suspended. But then rather rather than just like taking the punch and walking away, he does not hold his tongue. And he then just asks Ellison, who's the boss, straight up, how much is Fisk paying you? Mm -hmm. And that gets him fired. Yep. He's told to go pack up his things and leave. Again, another character, another tertiary character in this series that I end up liking a lot is Ellison mm-hmm. in the later um in the later episodes. So again, you go from where he's at now to where he ends up being. Character arcs. They're beautiful. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I love it. I love that they, you know, they they pay attention to the side characters mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Even even in subtle ways. Yep. Um okay, so then we switch over to Madam Gao and she is overseeing her blind workers and they're all silently, you know, cutting and packing all of her heroin. And mm-hmm. um you know, the the camera passes, you know, over through the warehouse and goes to the front door where Matt is about to enter via the magic knock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um you know, we see him, you know, take these uh these guards out one by one. And he also, like, he tries to kind of play tricks on the other guards to get him, mm-hmm. you know, out of the way. And and then all of a sudden, like, we um, we see him just, like, come out of the dark. You know, it's, it's obvious that, like, all of the guards are taken care of. So now Matt wants a closer look. Mm-hmm. And he he also realizes that all of the workers are blind. Yeah, and you can tell that it's not a natural blindness. It's that they were blinded. Yeah, because they have like, like scar tissue yeah, around their eyes. Yeah, and, and yeah, and and they're all like very different too. Mm-hmm. And then Gao, who's up, you know, up in the gallery, she sees Matt down below, and immediately starts yelling and instructs her workers to attack. And the they dog pile they just, on him. Yeah, they just like swarm <laughs> him, and he's like, ah, like he right. Did he not see that coming like he's like i don't want i don't want to hurt you i can't punch all of you uh. <laughs> yeah yeah and we don't even get to see him like get out of that situation mm-hmm. but but before we get to that we switch over to fisk who's talking to owsley and he suggests that you know what the man in the mask is probably behind the attacks of the benefit Mm-hmm. And and Wesley's death, mm-hmm. and Fisk is doubtful. He's like, no, that's that's, that's not, not his. Yeah, his that's child. not what he's tried. Yeah, yeah. And 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 of course, Owsley's like, well, desperate men will do. Will make crazy choices. You know, they'll they'll be pushed. You know, kind of thing. Like they'll mm-hmm. they're capable. You know, he's he's definitely trying to to pin it. You know, mm-hmm. on, on oh yeah, guy. oh yeah, because it it seems that. If it was Gal, like they're not like they've kind of moved on at that point. They're they're mm. definitely trying to see who else it might be. Right. So then Fisk tells um Francis, Francis is still around. And um, you know, hey, we're gonna double the offer on the streets and we're gonna mm-hmm. just like keep doing it until someone talks. Like we we wanna figure out what's going on here. Right. And, you know, he wants to use his his network of many people to figure mm-hmm. stuff out. So then Fisk gets a call and he um, takes off 
and it leaves Owsley just kind of wondering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're also kind of left wondering about Owsley. He's he's seeming just yep. very yep. <laughs> not chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is not a chill guy. So then we skip back over to Gao and uh again, like we didn't I I wanted I wanted to see like the scene of him like get out of under all of these um blind mm-hmm. workers because the next thing we know, um Gao and her guards are 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 on the floor looking for Matt and mm-hmm. he jumps from some crates up above mm-hmm. and he narrowly avoids their bullets which that guy does he know how to handle a gun because i he don't was, like, think so at the ground and then like i don't know it just he was panicked yeah that's <laughs> true and it it seemed like it was yeah like those bullets were coming out pretty fast too mm-hmm. so but yeah he knocks them out and he confronts gal um about her workers saying that like you know, you blinded them and she denies it. And she's like, ha no, they actually blinded themselves. Mm-hmm. And Matt is like, very like, like what? Like, why, why would yeah, they yeah. do that? And he's also like, kind of disgusted by that. Like, why would anyone do that? And Madam Gao simply responds because they have faith in something beyond the destructions of your world. You have taken that from them. And so now they'll have nothing. And, um, Matt, you know, he moves on to her or he moves on her and Gao, like, um, surprisingly delivers a very powerful blow that she's just like, well, bam, like one hit, like just yep. ultimate punch, you know, kind she, of like, she thing. just, she just went master Yoda on him. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and she just sends him like flying across the floor mm-hmm. and he gets the wind knocked out of him and he like kind of sits back up and she's disappeared. She's gone. Mm-hmm. She, she's She's gone. Yeah, exactly. Poof. Well, so now the warehouse there is on fire and it's spreading. Mm-hmm. And Matt is like, well, I can't let all these people die because that's not Matt. Yep. And, oh, I have another kitty visitor. Hello. <laughs> this is the <laughs> other one. He's not shy. Um, so, yeah, Matt, he uh, he's taking he knocks down a guard and. Um, you know, he takes his machine gun and fires at the water pipes above. So that way mm-hmm. the. Um, it starts kind of sprinkling down and, right. and helping these, you know, at least at least kind of mitigate the fire enough so mm-hmm. that people can get out. Mm-hmm. And he yells at the guards and he's like, get these people out, you know, help mm-hmm. them out. Come on. And then he takes off. Mm-hmm. But then not too far away, he's actually cornered by our favorite cop, Brett Mahoney. Best cop in Hell's Kitchen. Yes. And he, Brett is like confronting him about Blake, um, one of the, the, the detective, the one that... Mm-hmm. Um, died in the in the hospital bed yep and matt takes him out and he's like he he totally like pushes him like into the concrete and i'm like mm-hmm. oh my gosh yeah he emasculates him pretty hard yeah and he <laughs> tells him he's like dude blake and hoffman like they were dirty cops i'm not the bad guy mm-hmm. like he's trying to be like come on dude mm-hmm. chill <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> okay so then um Gal, she meets up with Owsley and she speaks with him privately in English. And Owsley's like, what? Now you speak mm-hmm. English? And she's like, well, the need for illusion has passed. Right. I love that. And we hear sirens nearby and Owsley's like, um, 
he asks her about it and she confirms, yeah, my heroin has gone up in flames, but, Mm -hmm. but that was never my primary concern. You know, Mm -hmm. she's, she's being mysterious. Mm -hmm. And then, um, Owsley clearly has bigger things on his mind as well. And he's worrying about what happens if Fisk finds out what they did. So we finally Mm -hmm. learn who was actually behind the, um, poisoning, And Gao asks if he suspects and Owsley's like, no, I don't think so. But then um, their line of conversation kind of reveals that it was Vanessa that they were after all along. Mm -hmm. And then Owsley asks Gao about Wesley and she denies having anything to do with it. She doesn't, she didn't even know about it. She's like, no, 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 we're good. And so then Gao's like, you know what? Um, I'm out. I'm actually going (laughs) home now. And um, he's like, what? To China? And she's like, no, I'm going somewhere farther away than China. And like at the time, like us, the viewers, like we we don't know what that means. But come, uh, is it Iron Fist season two? Is it season one? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. uh, It's been way too long since I've seen Iron Fist. But but yeah, we find out more about this. mystical city called um mm-hmm. Kunlun. Yep. I think that's how you say it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, the, the yeah, the second she said that from comics perspective, I was like, ah, yep. ah I yep. know. Yep. I know this. You know, you know Adam Gao's <laughs> origins. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So then Ben goes to visit his wife again and he he brought her flowers and they joke about running off together and and she can tell that Ben is avoiding something you know he he has a story that he's just wanting to get out um but he's also avoiding it and he's telling he he tells her about being fired from the paper and she's like well there's other ways to get stuff out you know yeah it's called the internet (laughs) yeah called the internet old man yeah seriously (laughs) and so then he calls karen on the phone to talk about what happened um, about him getting fired and, and, you know, tells her he might start a blog and promises to, you know, send her the link when it's up. So then mm-hmm. Matt, um, he, so we're back at the, at Nelson and Murdoch and, um, Karen is there at the office and she hears, um, the doorknob, like someone, um, jiggling the doorknob trying to get in. And she mm-hmm. kind of panics for a minute. Cause she's, she is still paranoid AF. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't know who's trying to come in that door or who might right her mm-hmm. but it's just matt and he's just oh, like hey, just matt <laughs> like since when do we uh lock this door and she's like what do you like i i find that like so funny i'm like they live in new york why well, don't they so, lock their doors so the way i thought of it is it's it's the um the door coming into the building is locked so it would be imagine like just locking the front door of your house but then also locking your bedroom door you might not necessarily do that if the front door's locked i guess that's true so that's what i was that's the way i always took it yeah well and they're also a place of business too Mm -hmm. but if it's like after hours or something then like yeah close lock the door yeah especially if you're there alone like i don't know Mm -hmm. Anyways, anyways, so then um you know matt suggests to karen like it's late like you should go home and um and karen's just like is this what the th- is this what we are now people who don't even talk to each other mm. and that is like um he kind of talks about how like 
um, you know, what Stick told him about pushing people away. But he obviously he doesn't actually mention Stick's name. Um, but he just kind of starts, you know, breaking a little Some bit. Some like, sad Matt. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. And he's just like admits he had an awful night and that he can't go on alone. And so then they hug and it's just tender. Mm-hmm. Then we see um, Matt come home, um, Ben coming home, and he um, he's getting ready to sit down at his desk and type everything out. He grabs he's about to he's tea. about to report so much reporting. Yes, he's, he's going to journalist so hard. <laughs> and it's you know we're we're not really expecting much at this point, except for you know some good typing, you know mm. mon- uh, montages <laughs> yep, or something. Yep. But that's not what we get. Instead, the camera shifts around to reveal that Fisk is just sitting there in the corner in the dark. All that's quiet. a whole lot of man to be that quiet. I'm just seriously, saying. Seriously. And Fisk starts talking and says, you know what? I'll, I'll leave, but we need to have a conversation first. Mm-hmm. And he starts like apologizing for thinking that, you know, that I, you know, I underestimated you, you you're not past your prime, mm-hmm. you know? And then Fisk, you know, he confirms that Ben's suspicions um, by admitting that he had, you know, yeah, I d- he did have someone at the paper on his payroll mm-hmm. and that he needed to take precautions after the union allied piece. And Fisk delivers a little sermon on the state of the internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, then the conversation kind of takes a turn because he keeps saying he's like, I'll leave. Yeah, seriously. And he's like, there's one last thing I need to know. Um, Were you alone when you went to see my mother? Mm hmm. I did. I did like also the um, when when Ben's like, listen, I I have been threatened by mobsters before. This is nothing new to me. You, you're you not going to get anything threatening me. Yeah, seriously. He's not... He's not taking it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he he does say that he was alone. Which is mm-hmm. a, a sigh of relief for Karen because... It that just it it helps a lot more with uh, especially with um fingers pointing at who mm-hmm. could be responsible for Wesley mm-hmm. and um so then Fisk is like okay well someone else was behind my friend's death yeah he was like I figured that wasn't you but I had to ask anyway mm-hmm. um but then tension the tension is still there because Fisk again he goes back to the subject of his mom and he's like. This yeah, you brought, is yeah, unforgivable. You, you brought my mother into this. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that's where you he, get, yep, that's where you get the, um, the kind of the callback to the one that said, you know, he appreciated that Ben did not bring his family into the stuff that he wrote about him. And you see, because of what Karen did. This is what, and and that's what he said. He said, I did not come here to threaten you. I came here to kill you. And then he, yeah. And then he uh, ends up strangling Ben to death. And he definitely has the upper hand with that. Ben, Benton tries. He was in full rage mode too. Yeah, he, he tries to, to fight him off naturally, but he... He's not strong enough, um, and especially once uh, 
um, he gets Ben laying on the floor and has literally the upper hand on him. Mm-hmm. And yep, strangles. And, and it's kind of interesting that the camera kind of pans out to show Ben's feet laying on the ground and how mm-hmm. they slowly stop moving. Yep. Instead of actually showing mm-hmm. what's going on on the upper half. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I thought that was kind yeah. of an interesting choice. Yeah. And th- this whole thing is a very big departure because Ben Urich does not die in the comics mm. but at all. He is a, he is a long time running character. Um, but we kind of see Karen in the later seasons taking the role of what Ben does for the story. Right. And she doesn't, does she do that really in the comics? Not at all. Okay. I didn't think so nope. because the the versions of Karen that I've um read in the comics she's like nothing like that at all. Mm. So yeah, I guess She was she was, was very out. ditzy 1960s secretary and then stuff mm-hmm. takes a dark turn for her, well, but um Yeah, cause doesn't she like get into drugs too at some point? Yeah, too? and adult films. That um too. Yep. yep, all that. But that's like what happened or that kind of that's born kind again. Of, yeah, and like that's what how born again mm-hmm. starts out. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Hooked so. on drugs. Um, Anyways, that but, was that episode. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a good episode, and it, it really did ramp everything up for the final episode. Let's um, get into it. Okay, so Let's this one is episode thirteen, and it's called Daredevil. Uh, so this uh-huh. starts out and it's, uh, uh, it's at Ben Urich's funeral, um, and his casket's being carried to the gravesite. Um, Matt's there, Karen's there, Father Lantham's there, uh, Ben's wife, Doris, along with Ben's editor and a female employee from the paper. <clears throat> um, so after the, the intro plays, we kind of cut to the straight to the uh, straight to after the services have ended. Uh, Garen goes to talk to Ben's wife and um, she says, you know, uh, you know, I'm Karen. I don't know if Ben mentioned me and she's like, Oh, he talked about you all the time and how great you were. Um, do a little bonding. And Karen is just feeling guilty. And she says, I think I'm responsible for what happened to Ben, but Doris tells her how Ben felt about her and that he wasn't the type to ever get pushed into something he didn't want to do. So it's not on her. Yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, Matt and father Lantham, uh, trade a few words before Karen comes by to pick him up uh, in his conversation with the priest. Matt is hard on himself for not stopping what happened to Ben. Um, when Matt and Karen get back into the office, uh, Karen tells him that Ellison was among the attendees at the funeral. She seems convinced that he's the one taking bribes from Fisk, uh, though Matt points out that there's no evidence to that effect. Uh, the conversation then turns on Foggy because uh, Karen is very disappointed that he didn't come. Uh, Matt tries to defend him, uh, adding that what's been going on between them is his fault. Uh, and Karen is uh, also worried that Fisk will find out that she was with Ben at the nursing home and Matt vows to keep her safe and promises that everyone who's in bed with Fisk will get what they deserve. Um, So then we cut to uh, Vanessa. Uh, She's back with Wilson uh, still recovering. Fisk is reviewing some transactions that aren't adding up and tells Vanessa that he'll have Leland take a look at them. And they're Uh, they're home from the hospital at this point. Right. Right. Uh, uh, later that day, the two meet and Leland goes over 
the status quo of necessity of finding something to replace the off the books revenue from Gao's heroin trade that went up in smoke. Uh, and then when Fisk asks what happens to Gao, Owlsley just says she's gone, adding that she might not have been the ally they thought she was. So it looks like he's trying to pin everything on her. Mm-hmm. Um, he's trying to, he's, yeah, he is trying everything he can to make sure that mm-hmm. no suspicion is on him at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, so Fisk uh, shows Owlsley the irregularities and he's just like oh no it's he's like we just do that to keep the sec off our back that's just standard stuff man it's nothing to worry about and then he's like well then why are your hands shaking and he's like it's cold outside he's like and you're sweating um and then that's when owlsley is forced to admit something that that's not the whole truth uh and fist confronts uh, him about wesley and the poisoning at the benefit um, and this is where Al Wilsley is like, well, come on, man. Can you, can you blame us? Look at how everything was going before her and basically admits that Vanessa was the target. And he just says that, um, uh, he's like, all right, well, we're going to split this. We're going to go our separate ways and I'm going to take half of all your assets. And Wilson's like, and why do you think I would let you do that? And he's like, oh, because I have uh, Hoffman stashed away. And if I don't hear from him, you know, uh, every 24 or if they don't hear from me every 24 hours, they have orders to uh, um, send him to uh, uh, the reporters to say everything that, yeah, that he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, to sing. <laughs> and then uh, Owlsley is like, yeah, it's not it's not a win-win situation but it's the best we got and wilson goes no i don't think so (laughs) and (laughs) beats the hell out of him and says you went after her you want to again don't go after vanessa wesley or his mom (laughs) like anyone close to him and throws him down an elevator shaft um yep yeah and um, then there were two. Well, right. sort of one. Right. I'm, I'm counting Gao because she's still alive. Mm-hmm. But like out of that, like kind of core, um, you know, five groups, mm-hmm. everyone is dead yep. except him and Gao. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, and then he tells uh, he tells his team to uh, sweep the city and find Hoffman and put a bullet in his head. Um. So then we cut to Matt at Fogwell's gym going hard on a punching bag, <laughs> working out some issues. Um, a foggy enters and Matt kind of briefly stops what he's doing. And um, then uh, he says, you know, I know you've been kind of going here, but I thought it was something to do with your dad. I didn't know it was you training to, you know, do <laughs> what you do. Um but uh, Matt um, tells him that he was going to go pay uh, Ben's editor a visit, but his wife and kid picked him up outside, so he'll try again tomorrow. Um, and then gives him uh, grief about not going to the funeral. Um, and then Foggy says he was on the way, but he got a call from Marcy, who had been helping him copy files from Lemon and Zach. Um, and then this frustrates Max, or Matt because he thinks it's too dangerous uh, and he's the one that needs to stop Fisk and doesn't want anybody else getting hurt. Uh, When Matt heads for the door, Foggy reminds him about the state he was in after the last time they went after Fisk and that he might end up dead. 
Uh, Matt doesn't know what else to do. Foggy reminds him that they should be using the law like Matt himself had told Foggy and Karen. When Foggy talks about a we, uh, Matt says that he thought Nelson and Murdoch were over. Uh, it's a, At this point, it's clear that while Foggy was the one who came to Matt, he's not sure they can move past what happened. Uh, and he says as much. And Matt suggests maybe even if things aren't as they were, they could find a way forward. Which I thought was was good. Oh yeah, um, it's it's a good like compromise, right? You know, especially like, yeah, like mm-hmm. I'm. I feel like that's such like a healthy way too to mm-hmm. be able to move forward because yeah, yep. sometimes it is hard to to get past certain things or maybe it's just it, there's no point to hashing it over and over mm-hmm. again, you know. And so it's just like you know what, clean slate. Let's move forward together. Right. Let's right. both do this. We mm-hmm. we both want this, so let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um. So after that, uh, the two go talk to Brett, Hell's Kitchen's number one cop. Um. Uh, bringing uh, uh, he's bringing a new batch of cigars for his mom. Naturally. Uh, and <laughs> he's he's like, quit bringing cigars for my mom. He's like, those are the good ones. He's like, oh, so the other ones that you brought were bad. <laughs> but um, Brett talks about how bad things are getting around the precinct, and when Matt asks him to explain, Brett talks about his meeting with the man in the mask a few days ago. Uh, and that uh, he said he it got him thinking. Uh, Matt and Foggy tell him that the man in the mask, uh, that they're working with him and with Ben Urich. Uh, and the three of them discuss the connection with Wilson Fisk. Uh, Foggy mentions Ben's discovery about Fisk's mom and that it might uh, have been what got Ben killed. Uh, when another couple of cops walk by that we've seen before and Matt overhears them talking about going to find Hoffman. Uh, when Brett walks off saying, you know, I, I can't talk to you guys anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll lose my job. Uh, Matt tells Foggy what he heard. And they realize that this means if they can get to him before Fisk, uh, he could blow the whole thing wide open and expose Fisk because he knows everything. Um, so Matt, Foggy and Karen are back at the office, just like the good old days, uh, looking to where Owlsley might be holding Hoffman by going over documents that Marcy was able to get out of Landman and Zach. And and Which Karen is, still is just illegal, by the way. Oh, one hundred percent. Um, but uh, yeah. And then uh, Foggy's like, you know what doesn't? You know what doesn't do this? Cured meats, pastrami. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I could have an apron with my name on it, and you can just see Karen is is happy because they're all back together again. And mm-hmm. Foggy says, you know, it's a start. Yeah. Um. It's it's a very tender moment for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when uh, Karen wonders about how Matt and Foggy found out about Owlsley holding Hoffman, they improvise a story about meeting the man in the mask. They're like, yeah, in that alley. Which one? Oh, you know, the one. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, can you make it any more obvious? (laughs) Um, So next, Karen finds what the missing piece of the puzzle they've been looking for is a property that was removed from the records uh, from one day to the next with no change in the balance in an attempt to hide that it was taken off the property list holdings. Uh, when Matt gets the address, he takes it, he takes off under the pretense of wanting to bring this information to Brett in person before he goes, foggy stops in realizing what he's about to do. Now Matt, he knows. Says, <laughs> Matt says, this is where the law meets reality. And if he doesn't find Hoffman Fisk wins, um, time to go. Yep. 
So Fisk gets a call about Hoffman's whereabouts and instructs the caller to send in a team. He smiles, looking out his car window, safe in the knowledge that all things will be taken care of. Uh, next, we go to where Hoffman is being held while his keepers are getting their takeout dinner. Um, they say, have you heard from him yet? And he goes, ah, no, I've still got another eight minutes. Um, but uh, Fisk's cops arrive on the scene. Hoffman shuts his eyes in anticipation uh, of the bullet that was aimed at his head any second. Um, but instead he hear, he can hear shots being fired in some other direction and the sound of fists pounding. He opens his eyes to see the man in the mask uh, taking out each of the men who are coming to kill him. Uh, after it's all over, Matt sits down and has a little chat with Hoffman and he instructs him to turn himself in over to Brett Mahoney specifically. Um, after making a very persuasive argument for why uh, he should do exactly what he's told, uh, you know, uh, because having yeah Matt stalking you is a very bad thing. You know, I I thought of something interesting during this scene. Um, sorry, backing up just a little bit when mm-hmm. um, Hoffman was sitting there and he he had his like the the camera was on him with his eyes shut and he because he's anticipating that bullet that's supposed to come for him but then you know instead when he hears all the shots being fired around him and you can hear fists pounding and you know men yelling you know like you hear all the noises of a fight and i just i thought that was like actually an interesting um parallel to the moment when uh the Russians took Claire and they were at mm, the mm-hmm. um, the taxi garage. And it was kind of like a similar thing where it's like, we're, we're seeing, um, you know, we context wise, we know that Matt is, um, you know, fighting the bad guys and, and punching them and taking them out one by one, but we don't see it happening because in that scene, the lights were off and kind of flickering a little bit, but then also like, it's on uh, Claire's perspective. Like it's kind of watching, you know what I mean? So it's like the camera's not focused on that. Mm -hmm. So I thought like, I kind of had that similar um, thought during this scene where we don't actually see him taking everybody out one by one. Instead, we're seeing it from the perspective of Hoffman and what he, he, what Mm -hmm. he's hearing. And we just are left. It's, it's left to up to our imagination of what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Hoffman is next seen walking into his old police station saying that he needs to make a statement. Uh, And this takes us to the scene where he's giving his statement to the people, uh, which is probably a U.S. attorney's office or something at a cider Nelson and Murdoch. And at first they ask, you know, what, what does he want? And they're like, he wants absolutely nothing. He knows what he did was wrong and that he wants to unburden himself. He's not seeking any special any special treatment whatsoever. Um, and Karen is like cheering silently from the sidelines on that one. Yeah. She's uh, then, very happy. <laughs> then we get, then we get a little bit of a montage uh, of different scenes playing out where uh, people connected to Fisk finally gets what's coming to them. I love this scene. I love, like I love a good montage, right? Yeah, and there's like operatic music playing. Yeah, and Turk and is being chased by the police. Turk, our best friend Turk. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, dirty cops being weeded out, uh, and the woman at the paper, um, the one who was with Ellison at the funeral being taken into custody. So we see that she 
was the one on Fisk's payroll, yep, not, not the editor. Not Ellison. Um, Marcy sees her boss being arrested in the parking garage at Landman and Zach, and uh, Randolph... Uh, uh, Cherry? Cherry, yeah. The, uh, the he's senator. Being let out of, yeah, he's being let out of a building. Um, so Vanessa watches everything unfold on TV, and this is when Fisk realizes that there's nothing to prevent his arrest, but he's got a plan, and he needs Vanessa to do something for him. <laughs> Uh, before the police arrive, he had one last thing to show her in a, an engagement ring. Uh, Fisk is dragged away, Big arrested for that engagement. Oh, ring. huge. Um, he's arrested for racketeering outside. The press is waiting and Fisk is put in the back of a police van and Matt and foggy and Karen are having drinks at the office to celebrate. And they make a toast to the ones <laughs> that they've lost, uh, Elena and Ben. Um, so then we get Wilson Fisk in the van and there's two guards in there and he starts talking about a Bible story about the good Samaritan. Um, and he sits there and talks and he ends up with this realization that he's not the good Samaritan or the priest or the Levite, but he is the one of ill intent. And by the time Fisk, finishes the story there are other cars joining them and his van comes to a complete stop and there's a rescue mission orchestrated by fisk himself he already had this stuff planned um we go back to the office where the three friends at the law firm are receiving the news and karen feels foolish uh, for the way they believe fisk would go away that easily uh they rush outside uh as karen is in a cab she's reluctant to leave matt behind but Foggy promises to get him to a cab um, <clears throat> and runs after Matt, uh, sending Karen on her way. Um, Matt asks Foggy to trust that he knows what he's doing and takes off in another cab. Uh, one of the guards in Fisk's van uh, is in on the heist. Uh, the other isn't. Uh, so he's shot while he is trying to play the hero. Uh, so finally free, Fisk, Fisk steps out of the van and walks over to another truck and gives the men on the ground his orders. Um, meanwhile, Matt has put on his black costume and goes over to Melvin Potter's shop to pick up his new and improved outfit. Yay! Um, it's <laughs> where he tells him, he says, you know, the, the red parts are flexible. The black parts are the most durable. Um, he said, you know, what about, you know, being stabbed or being shot? And he's like, I'd advise not to do either of those <laughs> um but he gives him the the billy clubs and he shows them all, all his cool toys um so uh, next matt is up on the rooftop in the brand new red and black costume uh listening for clues to fisk's whereabouts and he hears something over the radio um well and and this scene too it's it's kind of interesting where he they show him standing on the rooftop but like he doesn't have his helmet on Mm-hmm. yeah he's just kind of holding it you know mm-hmm. and so it's i wonder why they chose to to show it that way you know like i wonder if it's like symbolic in some way maybe yeah but maybe i've never thought about it i don't know i think about these things when i especially when they like show like such like a panoramic scene mm-hmm. um you know he's like you've got a nice cityscape and he's just like he's this is the first time we see him in his um his armor, you know, and it's, I mean, it's a very like impactful moment. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I yeah, just, these are yeah. weird things that like pop into my head. No, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So Fisk's van pulls into some kind of garage where he gets out and transfers to another van. This man's been in three vans in less than one hour. Um, next, uh, Matt hears a broadcast it's coming the, from it's the, it's the shuffle. Game. Yeah, the van it's shuffle. The, the um cup, the cup game. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> which one's got Fisk? Yes, exactly. Um, but um, yeah. So he hears the broadcast coming from Fisk's van and takes off. Fisk instructs Vanessa to leave without him if he's not there in 20 minutes uh, because she is out on a helicopter pad and they're ready to just leave the country. Um, and it doesn't take long before the transport uh, is in, uh, intercepted by Daredevil. And yes, we can call him that now because he has the helmet on. Um, <laughs> he throws his billy club through the car window, causing it to swerve and flip over. Did he uh, kill that guy? No, I think he doesn't kill people. He probably knocked him out. Okay, but like, it looks very bad. Oh yeah, the dude's in the hospital for at least six months, but I don't think he's dead. Okay, 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 um, okay. That guy is not doing good, though. Mm, no, he, no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, so Fisk emerges and Daredevil makes himself known. Uh, he shot at and he evades the bullets. Uh, and adds some Billy Club action into the yes, mix. I love um, the, these parts. So mm -hmm. good. And so then finally he and Fisk are alone uh, in an alley and Fisk uh, gives a little speech about what he wanted for his city. Um, but then what I believe that's also like he, he said that it was, you know, it was great and all this stuff, but then he has come to the realization that it's terrible and it all needs to be burned down and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, but then we get this hand to hand combat scene um that gets very violent um and then yeah you see it going back and forth and this is kind of where you see matt trying to use the speed over because he's not gonna he realized from his first fight with fisk um mm -hmm. right before nobu that he's not gonna win in a direct stand there and punch him fight because yeah, just how tough he is strength yeah yeah, so you see it kind of go back and forth, but then eventually you can it starts to go Fisk's way and he starts beating him over the head with a metal bar. Ugh. Um ouch. But in in standard Murdoch fashion, Matt gets back up and finishes the fight just in time uh for Brett to show up. Okay, but um, like before that though, mm -hmm. we get like again, we get like some ultimate punch moments, right? Where he oh, yeah. just like Fisk is definitely like stumbling and we just mm -hmm. see Matt like sorry we see daredevil because <laughs> this is daredevil at this mm -hmm. point definitely he like puts down the billy clubs mm -hmm. and he just like winds up his fist pretty much you know mm -hmm. and just like uh just like mm -hmm. gets in one really good knockout i left. also like the the clicking of them together to make it a bigger stick yeah which yeah. is which is really cool. The only thing it misses is the is which we'll get later, but is the the Extended. zip line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That goes through it. Um, there, there, there'll be improvements. Oh Mel yeah, Melvin. Yeah, this yeah. is like a prototype. Yeah, a prototype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he just again he he lays into Fisk. It completely knocks him out. He needed um, that big wind up punch. Though, oh yeah, because Fisk is such a big dude. Yeah, he jumped jumped up in the air and brought the hammer down. Yes, I um, loved it. But um, yeah. Brett, Hell's Kitchen Super Cop, uh, shows up How and where to go. Listen, Brett knows things. All right, that's why he's the best cop in Hell's Kitchen. We don't, don't ask questions I about don't Brett. Doubt Brett. I just 
never doubt Brett. He just (laughs) happens upon that alley and sees like like, he's a good cop and he was following up on leads. Um, but yeah, so, uh, he goes there and he's like, this is the felon Wilson Fisk and I have apprehended him. We cool. And he's like, Oh, you're him. And he's like, yep. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so he hands over Fisk to the law, and Vanessa's waiting by the uh, the helicopter when Francis, Bodyguard good old Francis, uh, came over and says, "You know, hey, we've we've got to go." Um, uh, and Vanessa kind of nods, and she takes out the ring out of her pocket and puts it on her finger before she gets in the helicopter without without Wilson, and takes off. Um. The next day, outside the office with Matt and Foggy uh, at her side, Karen reads about Daredevil in the paper, and the three joke about about the name, and she goes, eh, "It kind of, it kind of, it kind of grows on you." One so thing I want to you... bring. Oh, go ahead. Oh, one you... thing I want to bring up is the uh, the picture in mm-hmm. that's yeah, on the New York Bulletin it's... is a cover done by Alex Maleev during the Brian Michael Bendis run. So they brought comic art. Into yes, it. I and noticed it was that amazing. too. I mean, I didn't amazing. know what it was from, but I could tell mm-hmm. it was comic art. Yep, yep. And Alex Malib. I thought Good that was stuff. amazing. Good stuff. Yep. I have well, a print of it somewhere. Oh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> Surprising no one. Um, but no, so like right before this though, like when Brett is letting um, Daredevil leave, mm-hmm. like... Cause he's like, well, what do we call you? You know, as he's like parkouring, parkouring up, the up yep, yep. and it, then obviously like they don't say because then the the you know the scene cuts to the newspaper. Mm-hmm. But like, do you think like Matt just kind of like yelled like "Call me Daredevil" as he like no, runs away, think, or do you no, think, I think Brett? Brett? I think Brett made it up. Brett was like, "That's cool. He needs a cool name." Hold on, let me workshop this. But like, how I maybe it's different in different iterations of of Daredevil comics. But like, I, I guess I'm trying to think of like a specific one. But I feel like one of the ones I read recently, he gave like Matt gave himself mm-hmm. that name. Yeah, that's yeah, that's normally Isn't what that what happened. Yeah, and there's been like iterations where kids were picking on him and they would call him that. Um, so he used it yeah. and moved it forward but yeah no it's 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 usually him so okay. he could he could have maybe dropped a a, a business card <laughs> that melvin made for him he just dropped it off and says the name's daredevil um either way it's yes it's finally yes. like the name and like what karen says it's it's better than the devil of hell's kitchen <laughs> right and he's like yeah yeah i i agree um but uh foggy ends up uh, putting up the new sign outside the build building that said nelson and murdoch and then he says avocados at law and Yay. karen's like avocados what are you talking about <laughs> um it's like don't foggy, worry about it you had to be there <laughs> mm-hmm. and then uh, foggy says he's about to go see marcy uh who he may or may not be getting back together with uh they talk about fisk and how uh it may be a year before he can be sentenced uh and then matt's just like hey these where he belongs um yeah so uh when foggy leaves uh karen announces that she and matt should be getting back to work and this is where matt he says you know i've i've been noticing something in your voice the way you talk you've had this there and i thought that you know fisk being put away would stop that 
but it's it's still there. Um, and she puts it down to the deaths of Ben, ben and Elena and everything else they've been through. Uh, and then Matt talks about the conversation he had with Foggy about them moving forward and offers uh, uh, Karen uh, his hand. Um, at that point, the entire scene is is screams of Karen realizing something, but it, but, but you it's don't not, really know. Yeah, yeah. It's not really obvious as to what, mm. and it seems kind of strange that it happens to be the moment when um, her hand touches his hand too. Mm-hmm. Cause then it's yeah. like, yeah. Cause it, it could be like, she's realizing, wait a second. Is this the man in the mask? Did he say like, yeah. Like, did he say on. something? Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe, or is this kind of maybe this more so of the start? Well, I guess she's, there's been like little hints here and there, mm-hmm. but, or is she maybe realizing that she might have some feelings? For yeah, yeah. 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 Don't know. It could um, be both. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So then um, next we see Fisk in prison wearing an all white uh, suit, like a uh, jumpsuit, which screams of his, his comic suit. Oh, yeah. Um, and you see him walk in and he sits down and he starts staring at a solid white wall Mm. that I noticed, like everything's dark and gray and shadowy. And then when it comes, when the camera moves over his shoulder and zooms in on the wall, the wall brightens up, like it becomes more white Mm -hmm. and he's just, he's just sitting there staring at it and you're like, oh no, (laughs) oh no. Um, and yeah, it's uh, the scene looked like it was taken straight from one of the comics. Um, in the very final scene, we see Matt in his new Daredevil outfit listening from a rooftop, and then he hears a scream, and he runs for it and leaps off the building. Um, and this is where I was like, "This the the the, the double clubs over mm-hmm. the head is cool." Yes. yes, would have been cooler if it was head first with them out to the side. Which is yeah. his daredevil dive, because that's the thing. He dives head first. Like he has no fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was like, aw. There I was like, it was cool, but they missed a huge opportunity. Yeah. Um, well, and it's yeah, it's it's still it's still a very like iconic moment, especially with the Billy Clubs. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> I just like I can't I couldn't help but thinking too that like because obviously, like, it was a really great scene, and it was, uh, you know, it was mm-hmm. cool to see him, like, again, you know, standing there and being all like, okay, Fisk is put away, but now I, like, I need to concentrate on helping, you know, other people in the city, because mm-hmm. it never ends, right? And so he, I can just, like, imagine, like, the director just being like, okay, okay, Charlie, just stand here and look awesome, Right. In your new suit. And it's just like, that's all he's doing. He's just kind of standing there, just kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. really cool in his new suit. And I'm just like, I I would be a terrible actress because mm-hmm. I I couldn't, I would not be able to like keep a straight face in things. Mm-hmm. Like, I I have such a hard time doing that. And like, so if it were me and like someone asked me to just like, okay, Stand there looking awesome and cool and intimidating. I would just bust up laughing. Giggle. And I, you just I giggle, just yeah. not I yep. would just not be able to get through it. And so mm-hmm. I just I had that thought when I was watching this episode, and I'm just like, Charlie's a good actor if he was able to, you know, really get through these things because 
yes, it's an epic moment, but I feel like some of the music in it as well, um, mm-hmm. it, it kind of sounds it kind of the music in this episode, especially in the this very final scene, it sounds pretty different than what we've mm. heard in it's more heroic episodes. yes mm-hmm. but to that point though it also kind of adds a little to me it kind of like adds a little bit of cheesiness and it but yeah. not not yeah. in a bad way like it's i'm not trying to say at all like it's it's like a bad thing but mm-hmm. i think it kind of helps remind us that like hey this is a comic book show right right and like comics like Yes, comics can have serious moments, but at the same time, like they're also like it, it's it's a work of fiction, right? It's it's a comic book and it's superheroes. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not always like realistic, right? Right. And so, like I don't know, it's just kind of a, a funny thought that I had in that last in those last moments mm-hmm. where I'm like, this vibe is totally different, right? Um, and then the the a couple of the the Easter eggs that we get in this episode when Daredevil goes back to get the suit from Melvin, you get a very full shot of the now right side up stilt man legs. Um, yes, and then also we get the Stan Lee cameo. He is a he uh, when they are walking Hoffman into the precinct on the wall behind Brett is the officer of the year and it is Stanley in a uniform. How did I not know this? I don't know. I'll send you a picture so you can see it along or, with the stilt man one. Yeah. I'm like, um, or, or I might have to rewatch those, those two scenes. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's great. It's great. Um, but yeah, so that, that really brings us to the end of season one of Daredevil. Um, what a great season. It was so good. It I was feel so like, good. I feel like it was the perfect amount of episodes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we had a really good, like, story from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like it was very satisfying. But it also leaves room for more. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't... Did we know at this point if season two was renewed? I'm not sure, but I know within like the first day or two that it was released that they had brought it back for another season. Right. Like but, when it like yeah. first aired, like when like yeah, the first yeah, yeah. episode. Cause it, yeah, when the, when, cause all of them came out at the same time. So that oh, at, within 24 hours of all of them coming out, okay. they had renewed it. So. Right. Okay. Guess but, it just depends on when you watched it. But when they, <laughs> but also like when they were filming it is also. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like. Maybe, yeah, they didn't quite know. So, like, I feel like they do wrap up some a lot of really good things mm-hmm. um, in the first season. But, again, like, we're obviously, like, we've got some um, unfinished business with Fisk. And mm. he's, yeah, he's in jail, but he still needs to go on trial and get um, convicted. Sentenced. Sentenced. Yeah, that's yeah, the word. Yeah. I'm like, what is the term? Yeah, no, you're um, convicted as well. Convicted yeah, and yeah, sentenced. Yeah. yeah. yeah so like, we we still need to see that because that's mm-hmm. going to be a fight. Right. And we also know that like, yeah, Vanessa was sent away, but she could come back, mm-hmm. you know, and we're just seeing Nelson and Murdoch finally come back together. But, you know, we want to see more of that, especially now that they have put, you know, 
Fisk is kind of on the sidelines for them now so they can focus on other clients. Mm-hmm. And so like, it definitely leaves um, room for more things to happen. But at the right. same time, like if, if there wasn't going to be a season two, like, I feel like, I feel like for the most part, like it's mm-hmm. pretty satisfying. Yeah. season. Yeah. So I have a question now that we're all done out of the entire first season. What is your favorite moment? Of the entire first season. Oh, man. There's so many good ones. Mm-hmm. I have one if you need a second to think. Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. Okay. So, as as I said, back in our episode number one, my favorite moment of the first season is where they encapsulated the essence of Daredevil in one scene. And that is when he rescues the boy after the big hallway fight, takes off the mask and tells him that he doesn't need to be scared anymore and that he's going to take him back to his dad. He said, well, he said, you know, I know know it's scary, but you don't have to be scared anymore. That is Daredevil. Yeah. And they nailed it in episode two. So for me, that is, that might be the moment of the entire, like the entire series, all of them. There's some other ones that when we do these rewatch that might fight for it. But yeah, that for me is when they captured the essence of, of the hero in that, in that hallway. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, that, like even just leading up to that moment, that whole hallway fight scene Mm -hmm. is iconic. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of really good moments throughout and I'm sure, (laughs) I'm sure I've mentioned you know, as we've been releasing these episodes that I'm like, Oh, I love this scene or, Oh, this is a great moment. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's lots of those, but I memory is just going away Mm -hmm. from me right now. But I'd have to say that one of my favorite scenes is, is when he finally gets the daredevil outfit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's, it feels like he's like really finding himself more at that point because he, um, you know, Melvin really did a good job of creating this for him and helping him put together, you know, what daredevil, Mm -hmm. what Matt wanted was that he wanted a symbol, Mm -hmm. you know? So it really, it really just kind of tied everything together. And, um, you know, especially that, that whole last fight with, um, when he shows up to, um, you know, disrail the van that uh mm. fisk is in and there you know everything kind of leading up to that point like it's like a it's like the ultimate like showdown right and like it shows that matt is finally like ready mm-hmm. you know he's got he's got the tools you know and he and also he looks really good mm-hmm. doing it you know so it's mm-hmm. just it just like all comes together in a nice bow right so i think i think right. that's probably like one of my favorite moments of the mm-hmm. of the whole first season but there's so many yeah. good ones. Right. It's hard right. to pick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, hey, guys, thanks for listening for this is wrapping up our season one. Um, and we will be jumping into season two uh, sometime. It's beginning of 2024 after the the Christmas holidays and stuff like that. So we're not going anywhere. Uh, we're just, you know, doing Christmas. But then we will be back. And we will be doing season two and season two is going to be a fun one. Oh my goodness. So, so many good characters in this one. I'm excited. 
So yeah, definitely make sure you're following us on Instagram so that you see our our posts and our announcements of um, when you can expect us to be back. Um, so, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll post some things in the meantime as well, different memes or whatever cool mm-hmm. things we find that we want to, that we want to share. Yep. So definitely hit us up on Instagram. Again, that's heroes of underscore hell's kitchen on Instagram. So yeah, yeah check us out yeah. there. And, uh, you can find me over at, uh, the nerd dome podcast, uh, talking comics and all that good nerdy goodness, uh, and the push my buttons games podcast. Yeah. And you can also find me. So yeah, you guys, you've got a lot of podcasts to listen to. So you will never, never be without content. So you can find me with the Age of Geek podcast where we talk about all things geek. And um, also, I'm also on a video game podcast. Look at us. Um, (laughs) Cutscenes and cupcakes. So yeah, check us out. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next year. Thanks. Bye.